Lindsay Theory, Courtney, Roney, David Dennis Jr., Israel Gutierrez. Foster Moreau, no! You hear players say sometimes these are the harder ones. I don't want to see the easier ones then. Also, the games of the week, Eagles, Dolphins, Lions, Ravens, Nittany Lions, Buckeyes. Let's go around the league. Those are not the harder catches. Let's just get, out, get that out of the way. Wasn't just the Foster Moreau drop on third down. Jacksonville had to hold out on fourth down and did it with some good defense. And that's how the Jaguars get to five and two. Maybe you can look past the fourth quarter, or maybe not, for those questions you had about whether they were truly a contender. For the Saints, bigger picture there, too. The Derek Carr move was to bring in stability. They paid him for it with big money and maybe future cap prison. He doesn't seem to be on the same page with everybody, nor does he seem happy. The pass downfield, he was upset with the receiver. The ball, meanwhile, five, ten yards out of bounds. Lindsay Theory around the horn to you. Was last night more about what the Jaguars did or what the Saints failed to do? Tony, first, credit to the Jags. Three wins in 11 days, yeah. including two over in London. Not easy to do. And then they go into that game, the first half, 226 yards and 17 points. Then in the third quarter, only get 14 yards on three plays. All that to say... This is about what the Saints did not do. They overcame a 15-point deficit in the fourth quarter and then had the chance to tie the game. Only a dropped pass, a misconnection. And so right now you have to say the Jags are lucky and the Saints really missed an opportunity. Mm. So you're calling that a misconnection. That's what, that is a misconnection? Courtney Cronin, how it's about a drop. you? It's a drop. All right. There's there, yeah, there, there been a whole lot of chance. those. So Courtney Cronin, was this about what Jacksonville did or what the Saints failed to do? Uh, misconnections, there's been a whole lot of those for the Saints this season. When you take a look at Derek Carr's off-target percentage, it was his, his lowest of seven weeks last night, but he's still 21 of 32 qualified quarterbacks in that category. And his outburst that he had when Chris Olave, I mean, he was justified in being upset that Olave gave up on his route, but you can't show those sorts of frustrations if you don't want to lose the locker room and lose the guys that you're supposed to be getting on the same page with. The Saints surge in the second half does not atone for any of their offensive issues that they have had through the first month and a half of the season, and it feels like they're going nowhere fast. Their red zone offense, not very good. 28th in the NFL, 2-5 last night. And on top of that, I know they were gritty, they were aggressive, they converted on four fourth downs, but this offense doesn't seem to have any identity or direction with Derek Carr as quarterback. All right, so this is all about the Saints and what they failed to do. Israel Gutierrez, for you. Well, I watched this game wanting to be impressed by the Jaguars. And, yes, I get that they won these three games in a short uh, period of time, and two of them were overseas and all that. But they didn't really show me much here. You know, you're talking about that, that first half and then that third quarter, and they've been doing that pretty much all season long, getting off to these strong starts and then really fading. They're relying way too much on Travis Etienne in terms of just the percentage of plays that he's relied upon, uh, both rushing and receiving the ball. And frankly, if you look at that Saints team and realize what everybody's been talking about so far, that should not be the team that comes back on you late in that game. In fact, Derek Carr down the stretch there, yes, he had the one drop, but the very next play on fourth down seemed like they rushed that play, sort of had a predetermined throw to a guy who wasn't even open there on fourth down. Not really the smartest idea. So I really think the Jaguars had an opportunity to prove themselves and really did didn't do much. And David Dennis Jr. 
Yeah, this is about the sad, sad state of the Who That Nation, especially what they wanted to do with Derek Carr. But before we get to, to Derek Carr, there was no sacks. There was no pressures. What is this defense supposed to do? He was supposed to help get this defense off the hump, all over the hump. And they uh, performed terribly last night. But back to Derek Carr. Three for 18 on third down, as Courtney mentioned, two for five in the red zone. They're at the, near the bottom of the league in third down conversion, red zone conversion, and um, goal-to-goal situations. And the bigger picture is, is that this team is $85 million above the cap. Speaking of misconnections, they're not even going to be able to afford a quarterback on Craigslist at the end of this season. So they are stuck in this purgatory. But as far as the Jaguars, they, they have to look at the fact that this bad team almost tied this game up at the end of not for a drop pass. CC, last word after the horn. I'll say this about the Jaguars. They have been through it this season, just in terms of what their schedule has asked them to do. They've won three games on the road. They are showing us to be, right now, that this is the team that we all expected them to be, to cruise through the AFC South. Now they get a nice big break. What is it, one game in the next 21 days? Curious to see how they come out of that stretch and if there's any rust with that. So they got through the two international games and the game versus Indianapolis, you know, which was at home. And then they bounced to New Orleans, four and zero to show for it. That, that's as good a run as you could have as far as the schedule is concerned. In mileage, we'll move on. Every NFL Sunday, you circle a game of the week. This week, week seven gives you two: Dolphins, Eagles, Lions, Ravens. Let's go. Let's push our tushes. Start with Miami, Philadelphia, Eagles. Off the loss to the Jets and those hurts. Three interceptions and defensively, how they might go after Miami's offense. Courtney, who do you think you'll learn more about Sunday night, Philadelphia or Miami? I think we'll learn more about Miami. And the reason I say that is because the Eagles are the best defense they will have faced within the first seven weeks of the season. And we know. The secondary of the Philadelphia Eagles really injured right now, but the good news is Darius Slay sounds like they're going to have him back. Sounds like they're going to have Jalen Carter back up front. So how that pass rush gets after Tua, how Tua is able to compensate for that. Is he trying to get the ball out quickly? Are they still able to facilitate an offense that averages around 500 yards a game? That's what I'm looking for in this Sunday night matchup. David Dennis Jr.? This is about the Miami Dolphins and what they have to prove. They uh, have beaten beaten down some pretty bad teams. They had against win, went against Buffalo, which was their big challenge, and they got smacked there. And after that game, they talked about how this was teaching them humility, and they needed to lose, and they needed to show, you know, they were getting too cocky. Now you have a chance to really show against a Super Bowl team what you can do. And I think that that offense that is leading the league in explosiveness uh, versus that Eagles offense that is at the bottom of the league in explosive play, can pull this thing off. And again, just like last night, we're going to talk about red zone and what the difference is there. Miami's about 81% conversion in the red zone, and the Eagles are in, at 23. So if Miami True. can put up enough points and stop them in those critical possessions, they can pull this off. But Miami's offense doesn't play Philadelphia's offense, David. <laughs> Miami's offense plays Philly's defense, and then vice versa. Is Rigo Gutierrez. Who will Sunday be more about? I think it'll be more about the Eagles, very specifically about Jalen Hurts. We saw how he ended the game last week in that surprising loss. 
And against these Dolphins, yes, the Buffalo Bills did have a big game. But look what Josh Allen did in that game. He was nearly perfect. He got 320-plus yards, 25 attempts, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Jalen Hurts coming off of that loss, coming off of that late interception, and against the Miami defense, that's susceptible to, I don't want to say really good quarterback play, but definitely mobile quarterbacks who can move around and buy some more time. So there seems to be an opportunity here for Jalen Hurts to recover from last week, beat a really good Dolphins team whose offense is going to put up numbers regardless and sort of reprove himself because I think the Dolphins, like I said, are going to put up numbers. And if you can match that and come out with a victory, then you're serious about winning a Super Bowl. And Lindsay Theory. In 29 starts, Jalen Hurts has never lost back-to-back games. We know who this Eagles team is. We know what they're capable of. Uh, Their offense still has some things to work out. But it is really the Dolphins who we need to learn the most about because this Dolphins team, they're five and 24. The teams they've, excuse me, faced are five and 24 in their five wins. That one loss being to the Bills, where they just got shellacked coming off the performance of the decade. Uh, that 700 yards, 70 points. So for this Dolphins team, we really need to see in a very crazy environment, Sunday night football yeah. in Philadelphia, what they can do. And this defense for the Eagles of Jalen Carter and Darius. Late comeback is going to be another monster. One more line to this to this game. Marcel Louis Jacques wrote it up for ESPN.com this week. Uh, we've already established the offense plays the defense and vice versa, but this is Tua and Hurts, Courtney Cronin, the two quarterbacks. Who would you rather have Sunday night and make your pick? I think I'd rather have Jalen Hurts, actually, in this game. Look, I know that the Eagles' offense has not come into form just yet, but those plays are there. A lot of it's coaching decisions, too. So give me the Eagles at home on Sunday night. And Israel, how about you? No, I'll take two. I'll take the guy that makes the quick decisions, that has the most yards per play, yards per attempt, and has those weapons out there. Because, I mean, if you got Tyreek Hill facing even a slightly injured secondary, it could be an absolute nightmare. So give me two. We've been horn. We'll move on. We'll put the Lions-Ravens on pause for a second because there's a story here from New York. Saquon Barkley saying he doesn't want to be traded. Deadline's in 11 days. This drew my interest because there was an uproar over his big contract at the to-do list two three months ago they signed him but now the report maybe he could be traded at the deadline by the team he told ryan donnelly to the new york post he wants to be a giant for life he doesn't want to be traded israel after the disappointing start of the season should the giants be thinking about trading barkley I think so. I think the whole idea of, you know, wanting to stay with a team for life, it's great and all. But for Saquon Barkley, given his position, given his contract status, it's probably best for him to go to a team of significance this year, finish out on a strong note, maybe even have a strong playoff run, and then get that big contract that you can get. You don't even have to get the extension if you get traded here. And I think for the Giants, man, trying to cut bait, I'm sure they'd trade Daniel Jones if they could right now. So, yeah, I think it would be in their best interest as well to get rid of Saquon. theory? Look, moving teams, moving your family is never easy. But if you're Saquon Barkley, don't you want to go to a contender? Don't you want the chance to at least play for, perhaps win a Super Bowl? And then, again, that could lead to more contract uh, situation for him because who wants to play on the franchise tag again, which is another option. Courtney Cronin, could you see it being in the Giants' best interest to trade Barkley? Yeah, I mean, they're not scoring touchdowns with him on the field. Who cares about what's going to happen off the field for a team that's completely regressed? And to Lindsay's point there about the franchise tag, there's no no tag clause in his contract. They played him all summer. Who's to say they won't do it again next year and tag him? David Dennis Jr. 
Yeah, it's time to cut bait. I know Saquon Barkley is a loyal guy from the New Jersey area, almost committed to Rutgers and wants to stay local with his family. But if you're talking long-term and money, uh, what you can earn, go play for a championship team that or contender that needs a running back. Go to Baltimore. Go to Buffalo. Raise your stock and just come hang out in, in the New York. Oh, New so you like that. Okay. I, now I want to hear some teams. So you put Baltimore out there, uh, Israel. Their team right now, you know. Dude, I like Baltimore. The Chiefs are also pretty interesting. Lindsay? I'd go with the Chiefs. Ronan. Probably Baltimore or the Bills. We've been horn taking a break. Buy or sell next. With the big weekend in college football, Penn State, Ohio State. Next up in Buy or Sell. Around the Horn is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Penn State, Ohio State, this week's game of the year. Noon Eastern kickoff, breakfast ball for some national audiences. Number seven versus number three. It's in Columbus where Ohio State has this robbery on lockdown, but Penn State's defense is eaten. And maybe James Franklin will air it out downfield just to try. I kid, I kid. Oh. Lindsay Theory, how will this huge game be won? This huge game is going to be won by the location. It's in Columbus, Ohio. Ohio State has won 10 of the last 11 and James Franklin's only 1-8 and eight against Ohio State. These two teams so closely matched up. Uh, second and third scoring offenses in the country. So, really, for me, it's going to come location, down to Location, location, location. All right. I mean, Ohio your game State. stats. Franklin hasn't won, but he hasn't had the team he's got this year. Courtney Cronin, how about you? 
It's going to be won by Penn State doing the same thing that they've done in five of their first six games where they've won by at least three touchdowns. A methodical approach, 129th out of 133 teams on passes of 29, 20, of, of plays of 20 yards or more downfield. They don't like to air it out. They don't have to. Drew Aller is really good at ball control and not turning the thing over. 241 consecutive passes where he hasn't thrown an interception. That's how they lead themselves to a win in Columbus. Tony, this might not just be the game of the year of the week. This might be the actual game of the year. We have two teams <laughs> who score at least 35 points and allow fewer than 10 points playing against each other. That's the first time this has happened mm. in 50 years. But the team that I think is going to pull this off is Penn State. And name the number two defense, namely at the line of scrimmage, that defensive line. That Ohio State uh, team only uh, rushes at 68 in yards per carry. The Penn State can control that line of scrimmage, create some pressure. They can mm. score. They can stop Ohio State from scoring as much as they usually do. So the location in this game is the line of scrimmage. Is that that's the location you're drilling down on in Israel Gutierrez? How about you? Uh, patience, I think, is the key to this one for Penn State. You know, it's not just this game and their style of play. No, they don't throw it down the ball down the field, but as uh, Courtney mentioned, Drew Aller does not turn the ball over. So if they're patient and make sure they keep their possessions and get finish off their offensive possessions, then I think they'll be fine because that defensive line is going to get pressure. They're going to get to Kyle McCord. They're second in the nation in sacks, Penn State. So, yeah, you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself regardless of how big this game is for you. Just keep it, you know, short and sweet, if you will, if you're Penn State. You're did put some pressure though. That's the announcer's jinx when you bring up turnovers and now, oh, they never make a turnover. All right, three for Ohio State, one. I'm sorry, three for Penn State, one for Ohio State. We'll move on. Michigan today defending Connor Stallions with pay until the NCAA investigation ends. That investigation is into Michigan's football's alleged sign stealing. Stallions, a staffer, he's the guy in some pictures going around the internet circled in red. These pictures don't really show you because that's him on the Michigan's sideline, but the claim in Yahoo's report, Ross Dellinger, of an operation where Stallions is alleged to scout other teams stealing their signals. Now, that last point, scouting opponents in person at opponents' games, has been illegal per the NCAA since 1994. So, Courtney, does a second NCAA investigation into one season for the number two team in the country raise an eye, and could it affect the team? It raises an eye, sure, but they've already been through this. Remember, they were without Jim Harbaugh for the first three games of the season. He had a bunch of assistants uh, coach mm -hmm. different quarters. The they were just fine without him. And I don't think it's going to affect the team unless there was some sort of penalty handed down in season, which we typically don't see. These penalties may come down with Jim Harbaugh if he decides he wants to jump back to the NFL next year. Mm -hmm. That's when they may be dealing with it. David Dennis Jr.? First of all, I want to talk about the elaborate scheme that they're talking about. How alleged. elaborate a scheme is alleged elaborate scheme of flying uh, coach to sidelines to watch game. That does not seem too elaborate, especially when, according to those same reports, other Big Ten coaches were pressing them about it because they knew that this was going on. Overall, I think you have a situation where Harbaugh missed games for uh, you know suspension. You have this. There's so many distractions for a team that is looking to you know win a national championship. Israel Gutierrez. 
Yeah, I don't think it's going to affect the team this much this year. They're talking about games from before this season. If there is some sort of penalty for Jim Harbaugh, as we mentioned, they've already been through that. And if it's a future penalty for the team or for Harbaugh, you know, that Harbaugh could just take off and be out the door and wash his hands of the whole thing. But I do think that if you look at this, and you mentioned 1994, this was gotten rid of advanced scouting. That was a cost-cutting measure. Let's be real about what the NCAA football is and just go ahead, spend the money, get the technology, and talk to the helmets so you don't have to have clowns out there with, with cards with four different people on there including like <laughs> I like those but I understand what, so wait, if I'm picking up what you're putting down here a sports fan's mind will go to another instance doesn't it's not a comparison but spygate right oh it's a sign stealing you don't feel like this is a a serious crime it's too easy to do it right now, so go ahead and just, again, use the technology that you can. And if you're going to have to do this, make it more elaborate, not as simple as David pointed out. theory on this. Tony, the more I think about this, the more concerned I actually grow for the Michigan football program. Not this year because they've already proven they can deal with distractions with their head coach having to been gone and, and already under investigation. But it really kind of reminds me of those sanctions USC went uh, had a couple years ago, a few years ago, I should say now. And so when you look at it, maybe it won't affect them this year, but something like this, if the NCAA wants to really make a statement, they could go back to All right, so none of you seem to think this affects the number two team in the country. David, you think all this maybe does. On the field of play, though, Michigan right now, the number two team in the country, this doesn't affect them from Wimbledon, Courtney. Israel, okay. Thank you for your time on But they might be the number two team in the country because they haven't played anybody. Oh, okay, there it is. This week versus Michigan State, I don't think that's uh, a test in your mind either. We'll have a showdown next between David Dennis Jr. and Israel Gutierrez. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Around the Horn is presented by Truly Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. David Dennis Jr., Israel Gutierrez. Good luck in showdown. Detroit at Baltimore. Another game of the week of the year of the week. And the Lions claim to the number one in the power rankings is on the line. And Baltimore's claim to be a legit contender on the line. I asked it earlier, David. Same question applies here. Who will you learn more about Sunday? 
We're going to learn about the Lions and what they could do when people actually start believing in them. We saw what they did when people don't believe in them. They beat Green Bay last season, beat Kansas City week one. Now we're going to see when they have momentum and they have people sort of rallying behind them. Israel? Yeah, we already believe in the Lions. The, the, the Ravens haven't allowed an opponent to have 300 or more yards in five of six games. The Lions have not been kept under 350 yards. And they will not be kept under mm. 350 yards again mm. because they're that good. Mm. Israel's got some fire takes today. We'll move on. First walk-off win for the Arizona Diamondbacks since anybody since come on the 2001 World Series. Luis Gonzalez on Rivera. D-backs winning game three, shutting down the Phillies hot bats. It's 2-1. Israel can one win like that give the Snakes hope. No, I'm going to go with Brandon Marsh here while he answered this question with his glorious beard on display saying, hey, uh, how are you guys going to turn the page? He said, we already did. <laughs> One walk-off win does not ruin all this mojo that the Phillies have. Dennis Jr. It's going to give the Diamondbacks hope until the beginning of Game 4. This was a miraculous pitching effort, and it still took a last-minute uh, hit for them to win. Phillies are going to come back and uh, go up 3-1. Israel Gutierrez, wire-to-wire win, 30 seconds of face time. So last season, I got some credit for, in the preseason, picking the Nuggets and the Miami Heat to make it to the NBA Finals. I got blasted a little bit for not sticking to those predictions throughout the postseason, but whatever. This season, I've got my email ready to press send. My final participants will be the Golden State Warriors and the Miami Heat. Okay, yeah, I know that one's not surprising, but I think the Golden State Warriors are going to do everything to get Chris Paul. But you made a pick. And we know you know how to make the pick. We don't know if you know how to yeah. keep the pick. Right, stick with That's it. the problem, Israel. <laughs> 71 and a half hour break. April. Wonderful pick.